0: This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. The Center for Disease Control in
1: Washington, D.C. has a shooter viral outbreak warning. State and local officials have reported each other behind fever, nausea, death, and even cannibalism. Look, before we start this episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast, I need to tell you something. I need your help. (laughs) I need you when you finish with the episode. To go to the platform you've listened to this podcast on and give me a rating, a review and to subscribe too. It helps me cheat the algorithm and get more ears on the podcast. And know this, I'm very grateful for it. Also, I have a Substack where I write about music and film and telly and all sorts of stuff. I love it if you'd sign up for dispatches. There are different price options, 5 quid a month, 50 quid a year and for that you get access to loads of exclusive writing and podcasts. It's the most helpful thing you can do to support the stuff I make. And again, I'd be so grateful. That's spook.substack.com. That's spook with three O's. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I think, Jesus. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system. Aw, shit! You're Listen to a bonus episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast. And I'm your host, James McMahon. And this Poop Media Production. It's spooky season, it is, as they say, the most wonderful time of the year. And so, what better time to repopulate this interview I did a few years back for my old Spook podcast with Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. If you don't know the Boston band, they use horror and hard rock and are one of the most fun live experiences to be found within that genre today. As Spencer drives the rehearsals, we took formative forays into the horror genre, the group's shameful ska-punk pass, and that ended to 1983/ Slasher Classic SLEEPAWAY CAMP <laughs> I could just see what I presume was your flat but I couldn't see you because I'd watched your live stream. I half expected someone with a giant machete to creep up behind you and
0: Yeah, you just missed that. That was before breakfast.
1: Well, that's that's why you're wearing this kind of neck scarf, right? Just to hide the scars.
0: You have to hide the blood. You have to. <laughs> I can't afford to be arrested again this week.
1: I wanted to talk to you for this podcast because I thought that an intersection between heavy music and the creepy was perfect for what this podcast is about. Tell me a bit about you at the beginning of it all. When did you come to horror?
0: I got into the genre at a very young age, and I attribute it mainly, at least my entrance into the genre, to the fact that I would go to video stores as a young kid. Um, And some of the earliest memories I have of those situations would be when I would go to the grocery store with my mom and to kill time, I would hang out in the video store that was actually within one of the markets. And, um, you know, I'd spend, you know, my mom would probably grocery shop for 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, for whatever reason, the aisle that I always found myself going back to was the one that said horror. And uh, I think it was probably like the really scary cover art on a lot of the VHS tapes that sort of initially drew me in, and I wanted to know what this stuff was. What what is Halloween? What is Friday the Thirteenth? What is Creep Show and um, Sleepaway Camp? And so it, it's kind of cool that no one like showed me horror no one like i didn't have like an older sibling who said you got to watch this or a friend um, at school it was really just me just organically discovering it and uh it all began
1: what were you like as a kid i'm trying to get a bit of context of what about those admittedly brilliant uh 80s 90s vhs sleeves what appealed to you about them
0: i think you know, my dad has told me this story before when I was like a, a little kid, like way younger than, you know, the time that I'm describing, like when I was almost like an infant. He took me to a toy store and he said, "Spencer, you could have anything you want, you know, whatever toy you want." And I pointed to the bat, this rubber scary black bat, and uh, I think that just kind of says it all. You know, that I don't remember that. I don't have a memory of that, but for whatever reason I was just always drawn to the, to the more macabre things um, in life, but, you know, I wasn't like a, a dark or, 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 scary person in terms of my personality. Like I was always sort of funny and good humored, and, 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 and I love comedy just as much as I love horror really. Um, but there was just, you know, for whatever reason, I, I liked that scary stuff. And I was really, I remember being really scared by it and I sort of kind of missed it. That feeling, you know, nothing. No movies really, not many films really scare me anymore. But I remember being terrified of, you know, Michael Myers and Jason and, and those movies. And uh, I think maybe uh, I thought if I could become one of those um, iconic villains in terms of like dressing up for it as Halloween, or even when it wasn't, that maybe the monster couldn't get me. Maybe that was like a psychological uh, sort of undertone of the whole thing. But I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I liked the feeling of being scared by those movies and monsters. And uh, maybe it was kind of like a drug to me. I was like, I want to, you know, maybe like kind of thrill seeking in terms of uh, of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I I love music, too. And I always felt like those, especially heavy metal and uh, punk and all those sort of, um, you know, subcultures kind of just fit hand in hand with horror. So I think it was just like uh, a very organic thing that I thought was cool. Um, And I didn't really, I didn't do it because I saw some other kid at school that I thought was cool doing it or that liked horror. I just just naturally gravitated towards it.
1: I think that sometimes when I think about what drew me to it, it wasn't, there was definitely the element of uh, being scared is a thrill. You know, there's definitely... Uh, some sort of chemical hit that comes with being scared in a controlled environment but i I've also sort of thought that I first enjoyed this stuff because and this is quite hard I think for people who don't like this stuff to understand. I was drawn to it almost added a sense of wonder to life that there were these uh you know Freddie was a, a, a like a mystical creature or uh, in the thing there was some creature beyond our beyond what you could see at the zoo or, or whatever you know like and and it wasn't just about being scared it was also just it made the world seem more interesting
0: i could totally see that i think uh it sort of um you know goes to the root of, of escapism you know escaping from the, the the normal everyday sort of triumphs and tribulations of life uh that be, can be quite tedious and i think uh You know, I was never really super into like superheroes, although I really did love the first Batman movie and, you know, Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. But these were the superheroes to me. These were my sort of uh, um, icons in terms of escapism.
1: So when you fell for music, I can see the link between the heavier end of stuff when you are already uh, versed in horror, uh, so on. But when you started making music, was the intersection between your love of horror immediate, or did it take time?
0: I think it took a little bit of time. Um, at first, they were kind of both, you know, separate. Uh, I really got into music um, very early as too. I, I want to say probably around the same time, uh, maybe a, t- a touch later. But I was very much into Nirvana and that whole era. Uh, of 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 stuff that was being played on the radio and MTV at the time, when mainstream music was was a lot cooler to me, uh, Soundgarden and Alice and Chains and Stone Temple Pilots, um, Silverchair. I loved those kind of bands, and they they got me into playing my own um, playing guitar, and that was sort of the the bridge to becoming a musician was was picking up a guitar. Um and, and and those kind of the music and the horror kind of were separate there. Um, but then when I formed Ice Nine, we were originally just called Ice Nine in, uh when I was a freshman in high school, it started to cross over a bit uh in terms of like the lyrical content. You know, we would sample things from Halloween, uh we would uh I, I would always gravitate towards um Aesthetics that were like a little bit horror in terms of our t shirt designs and album covers. Um, and, and that time I started getting into heavier music, or, or or um, you know, I always always loved punk, but I started st- sort of got into the other bands that those record labels were signing, you know, like Drive Through, um, was or an epitaph, those were predominantly punk record labels, but they started signing like post-hardcore bands, screamo bands, like Boys Night Out and Sense Fail and and, and those kind of bands uh, that had dark imagery in their lyrics. And I think that sort of was like the perfect medium to me. You know, it was like punk, um, but also a little bit edgier with some post-hardcore and the dark lyrics. And it just kind of fit perfectly into, into what I loved about horror and music
1: yeah it's interesting to say that because i think that when i think about your band it, in a way it's so the vision of your band for at least from the outside looking in is so complete in the uh the t-shirts and the record sleeves and what the music's about it all kind of like sits under this uh umbrella of horror and frightening things but it did take you a while to get there i guess i literally only knew recently that there was a uh, a scar past so to speak
0: oh yes um that's that's like uh that's the kind of music punk and ska the, the, those are the kind of bands i was listening to really when i formed ice nine kills you know i was obsessed with that stuff and still am and uh it is funny to see, you know, when you think of those kind of bands, it's more like happy-go-lucky and especially Sky, which is just all about good times. But um, I don't know. For, for me, I always loved sort of um, the dichotomy of happy sounds with striking um, scary visuals. Um, and, you know, I, you know, you see that technique and everything. Um, From like Clockwork Orange to even, you know, modern horror movies like Rob Zombie uses that technique a lot, like horrifying imagery with uh, songs that don't fit. And uh, maybe that was some of it, too, that I I like some of the happy soundings, uh, more happy-go-lucky stuff mixed with, uh, with the scary.
1: I know you've come in contact with a bunch of horror icons through doing this. Tell, tell me a bit about some of the people you've met. I presume you've met a bunch of your heroes, really.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I sort of fell into the whole convention thing about I want to say about ten years ago, um, and uh, I would I would not often get to attend those things because we we would tour so much. But, you know, the first time I got to one, I was just like a kid in a candy store, you know, got to meet Kane Hodder, who played Jason, um, and Robert England, who, of course, played Freddie, and all, and some of the more lesser known people that, that, you know, a lot of people in this world like, oh my God, there's Kanye or Kim Kardashian. It's like, I don't give a shit about that. I'd rather meet the guy who played Jason in, in you know, part four than some, you know, pop sensation or you know um so that was really cool uh yeah you know in the past few years uh, got to become friends with people like felissa rose from sleepaway camp jason lively who was in night of the creeps um ari lehman who played jason in, in the first one and uh he's a musician and we actually got him to perform on our song about friday the 13th which was man that was a dream come true to write a song about friday the 13th and have the original jason sing on it um ricky dean logan who uh was in um freddie's dead he's actually in one of our music videos um it's, it's just it's just crazy to be able to to start to meet those people and become friends with them
1: yeah no that's amazing i meant to ask before what what was when you're in the grocery store what was the first horror uh, movie that would sit under the genre of horror that you watched.
0: Halloween uh was the first one that I saw. And man, I must have been like eight, eight or nine, maybe, when I first saw that. And uh just that, you know, that striking visual of the pumpkin with the butcher knife. It's very simple but so striking. And um my parents, after some convincing, were cool enough to uh to rent it for me. They had seen, you know, they're not like huge super horror nuts, but they had told me about the story of when they saw Halloween in the theater, they had gone to see a double feature. They went to see, um, invasion of the body snatchers and they got to the theater and, and there was a little movie that played before it. they never heard of called Halloween and it scared the hell out of them. They'd never seen anything like that. And then in comparison, Invasion of the Body Snatchers seemed so tame, you know. And uh, I just remember my parents telling me every person who saw that movie was looking behind them when they got to their car or back to their front door to make sure Michael Myers wasn't behind them. And uh, they were cool enough to indulge me uh, on my want to see those movies. And I think they thought, oh, he'll probably grow out of it. And, you know, meanwhile, 30 years later, here we are talking about the, those very movies. No, so absolutely. clearly I did not grow out of
1: it. Absolutely. Um, it's, I liked when you mentioned Sleepaway Camp, um, which is one of my favourite movies, and I rewatched it again recently. Still found myself fairly shocked at the ending, which is kind of rare, I think, after all of the nastiness that has crossed my retinas. Um, how old are uh-huh. you... How old were you when you watched that movie?
0: I actually fell into that one a little bit later, um, uh, probably, probably maybe thirteen or fourteen. Um, Spoilers! But someone had ruined the ending for me, so I never got the, uh, I never got, unfortunately, that surprise moment because I already knew that you know it was it was a boy. Yeah, but um,
1: and I, and they a great they just ruined it for listeners of this podcast as well.
0: Oh, you'll have to edit that right out.
1: I'll put a, I'll put Spoiling. a big, I'll put a big spoiler warning at the
0: beginning. Spoiler I, warning! Oh man. The best way. Um, the best way to. You, I'm assuming uh, anyone who's listening to the Spook Podcast has got to know the ending of waking Well, this is. I agree. Definitely put it.
1: This is it. They've had. Uh, they've certainly had enough time to uh, see it. One of the best ways to get those experiences if you've missed out on them. Of uh, you were saying that the ending had been spoiled. So I have this horror club on a Monday with some friends and uh, it was like a pandemic thing. And we we watch a movie every Monday that we pick together and chat throughout the movie or after. Um, And I picked Sleepaway Camp and we watched it with a bunch of people who'd never seen it before. And I've got friends who are parents and they talk about Star Wars and how uh, taking their kids to see the new Star Wars movies almost makes them see the movie through a kid's eyes. I feel like if you watch Sleepaway Camp with someone who's never watched it before, it's almost a little bit like seeing it without the ending being spoiled.
0: I agree. I totally agree. And, uh, I think that's one of the, the, the the better slashers. And I think it still holds up. The effects still hold up. Um, still fairly visceral and shocking, but, um, I'm so glad that, uh, that that kind of received the iconic status that it deserved.
1: Absolutely. Um, what's the last thing you saw that you really liked?
0: The last thing that I saw that I really liked, um, hmm, the last thing that kind of blew me away was, uh, I really liked Invisible Man, the, the remake of that. I yeah, thought that was expertly crafted. Um, I really liked Freaky, which I thought was just kind of a fun, like, clearly scream-influenced little slasher flick. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't find too much that I go head over heels uh, for anymore, but I'm always looking, man. Always looking.
1: Um, Tell me about the comic
0: the comic uh, is really exciting um i think the, the thing i other than obviously like the artwork and 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 stuff that that's obviously so cool um the fact that it um, revolves not around just the band but really our fans um you know that the star of the the comic book the um, protagonist is not me but uh, an ice nine kills fan and to me that's so cool it's it's such a great w- way to to continue to build lore around uh, what we do, like the universe of Ice Nine Kills. Um, And I hope, I hope it has the uh, same effect on, on people as like, you know, when I would read tales from the crypt or, or, or see the movie creep show and be become interested in, in, you know, horror comic culture.
1: I mean, you ever fancy scripting a horror movie. I know that there's been videos that have referenced things and the live stream was, almost kind of wrapped up within, uh, you know, within a kind of horror narrative. But could you see yourself making a Iceland Kills horror feature?
0: Absolutely. You know, we kind of did that with the last one in terms of like all the video streaming together, but we've got big plans for the future to, to, um, to explore that even more. Uh, I think that would be really fun. And I think the goal would be, be to do it in a way where even if you didn't know the band... You know, just make a good horror movie. Make an interesting, compelling story.
1: Um, Listen, I'm going to wrap this up with a question I ask um, most people who I speak to for this podcast. Have you ever seen a ghost?
0: Have I ever seen a ghost? Uh, No, I don't believe I've ever seen one, but I totally believe in spirits, and uh, there's probably one sitting right behind me.
1: Thanks loads for your time, man. That was really enjoyable.
0: Thanks for having me. I I enjoyed it and uh, hope to be back again. Hey, Nancy. No running in the hallway.